0: from the metropolitan campus of Fairleigh dickinson university this is wfdu fm and hd1 t the new york metro area's home of retro radio oldies and eclectic weekends streaming worldwide at wfdu.fm and welcome back to traditions i'm ron alesco glad you're with us on this sunday afternoon hope you're all having a wonderful day and you're in for a treat right now this uh very special guest that we have for the next hour is someone who I've admired for many years. Uh, he is the creator of Michael Jonathan's Wood Songs Old Time Radio Hour, a wonderful radio show that is uh, uh, coming to us from Lexington, Kentucky. You can hear it on Folk Music Notebook as well as radio stations across the country, the across the globe, Armed Forces Radio and Television as well. Um, he is also a wonderful folk singer, recording artist, author, painter, and uh, I understand also a great carpenter <laughs> and construction worker as well. He does it all. Do you, do you cook, Michael? What, what what don't you do? I make a world-class pasta sauce.
1: Uh, okay. World-class. And I, I put it in jars and I give it away as gifts. Uh, so. <laughs> that's about that's my my speed right there and oh, i will also say that i make coffee for melissa every morning and i make dinner when i'm home so
0: <laughs> you're just one of the, the busiest man in folk music i'm sure uh but why i, look so,
1: that's why I look so rested
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's so nice to finally talk to you uh, i i've admired your work sort of for so many years and I've also admired what you've done during this pandemic, which obviously has set everybody back. I know you haven't been doing live shows for Wood Songs, although that's coming back, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But you're constantly working on projects. Um, You've put out a wonderful series of books for Wood Songs, and you have a brand new one that has just come out, along with the CD. And. Well, the the CD is called The Painter, and the book is called Wood Songs 5. What is the the gist of this book? I mean, you're aiming it for, as I think as you wrote down, it's a book for the creatives. Uh,
1: When I started the Wood Songs book series, I started it before I did the radio broadcast. Uh Wood Songs 1 came out first. And what I was intending was sort of a musical Foxfire series. Right. Folks who know what Foxfire might be. And specifically, I wanted to clobber what I saw was the collapse of the traditional music business, especially in the roots community. Mm -hmm. In the community of, of struggling smaller, passionate, brilliant, worthy artists. What do they do in a declining music world? And I'll give you an example. There are no record store chains left in America. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Uh, online streaming decimates uh, the, the royalty system. And the music business has become the equivalent. It's like they're, they're desperately holding on to the rotary phone business model in a world that has gone wireless. <laughs> yeah. And we talk about that as we go. But the Wood Songs book series. Has taken different elements of this. And explained it. So that artists have an inspiration. Of what to do. When their idea and vision. Of a career may not be working. And there are tens of thousands. Of those, those artists. These are the artists that won't get signed because there's hardly any record labels left. They're not gonna get a booking agent because venues are shutting down like crazy. And booking agents can barely get their own artist booked, no less anything else. They can't sell their stuff because there's no record stores left. So what are these beautiful, this beautiful community of artists do? What's the alternative to that? And so that's what the Wood Songs book series addresses.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's really as you described it in some of the books, but the front porch music way folk music used to be presented. I, I go to a, lo- a number of music conferences each year, and for folk music, and it, it's kind of a <laughs> a head scratcher when you when you get to these because you see so many young artists who are still chasing after that old model of of what music used to be thinking, as you said, they can get agents, they can get bookings, they can get record deals, and it, it just doesn't work that way. And and you've been able to find and guide people with alternatives, which I think is just tremendous.
1: Well, first of all, the, the idea of celebrating the music of America's front porch is what folk music is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Seeger said that uh, the, what he liked most about folk music is that it's not a business. It's not supposed to be. You can still make a, that doesn't mean you can't make a living at it, a good one,
2: mm-hmm. but you
1: can't treat it corporate. And you brought up something that I care about. There's wonderful conferences and associations, whether it's folk music or Americana or whatever, well-intentioned guided by good, sincere people. Here's my problem. Attending a folk music conference should not cost more than most of the attendees make in a year from their music. That's right. It means the business model is wrong. The business model is not helping those as sincere as it might be. The practicality is it costs you more to attend the conference than you're going to earn in a calendar year on your own music. So, so I'm looking at it and I'm going, I'm an artist. I know where the nickels and the pennies should go. I mean, there's a reason folk rhymes with broke. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So why, why not look at what is actually happening and do things that will sincerely, truly help our community of fellow artists?
0: And I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I, I, I on one hand, I, I do see some benefits to having conferences because you do get like-minded artists getting together to discuss these issues. But I think there's still that unrealistic uh, expectation of what they're going to get out of it. And as you said, uh, the costs are just so exorbitant uh, uh, for some of these international conferences, especially. Um, well, you know, we're, we could get off on a whole tangent here, and do a whole three-hour show uh, discussing that. But th- your your new book is, as you as as you, as you mentioned, uh, it's a book for the creatives. Uh, it's subtitled uh, uh, a folk singer's compendium and Van Gogh reader. Yeah, and and I know you are a wonderful artist as well. I, I and our folks on radio can't see it, but there's a lovely Van Gogh inspired. Painting behind you of uh, Pete Seeger. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: well, what 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 led to the creation of this book? Uh, I know Van Gogh is uh, certainly kind of having a, a resurgence. There's this traveling interactive show that's going around the country right now, and uh, I know you've been heavily influenced by his work. How did this book come to be,
1: Vincent Van Gogh? I know the audience probably pronounces it Van Gogh. So for the sake of the audience, I'll say Van Gogh so they know who I'm talking about. Um, Vincent's work was denied him while he was alive. And isn't that true of most performing artists? His most famous work is the one of the Starry Night. Today, it's insured value is over a billion dollars. But when he was (laughs) alive, he could not give that painting away as a gift. The people he wanted to give it to as a gift didn't like it and refused. Two people refused the Starry Night as a gift because they didn't like it. And I'm using the story of artists like Vincent, Michelangelo, Rembrandt, Da Vinci, John Denver, Hank Williams, uh, all these, uh, you know, Billie Holiday, Uh, To show artists today that you're not alone, this is not the first time people have felt rejected, but never on such a global scale because of the downturn of the music industry. And I want artists to feel better about themselves, that if their audience is limited to the spiritual front porch, it is the most beautiful, powerful stage they could possibly have. The brightest spotlight in the world is not in theaters and in arenas. It's on your own living room couch for your families because the business world has changed. We were talking about conferences. The truth about these conferences is that artists pay upwards of a thousand or $1,500 to attend when they count all their expenses. They get a guerrilla showcase that they perform to other artists who wish they had their time slot. That's their audience. And so, so that's not the direction people should be putting their music. They should be putting it in a direction that helps their homes, their lives, their families, their communities. That's the core of your audience. And the trick is what Vincent did, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Rembrandt, Uh, monet all of these artists i talk about in the book they focused on the audience at hand the global audience came because they cared so much about the audience at hand today it's backwards the music industry has taught artists that they need to be a star which is jumping them past the audience at hand they're focusing on a golden ring that no longer exists that's what you were saying and you're right the golden ring does not exist anymore don't go after it you're wasting your time but you're not wasting your time if you wear art like vincent van gogh did
0: right and it's, uh, the, the golden ring doesn't exist but there are other rings that people can grab and i think it's a self uh'm I'm looking well you know what I'm not instead of me explaining it I want to play a song from your new album which I think says a lot about what we're talking about here it's the uh, actually the title cut the painter ah, so okay. I'd, I'd, I'd like to play this and then let's uh come back and we'll talk more with Michael Jonathan on a cold and lonely night.
3: When the stars bring down their light On a canvas cold and gray He paints a picture of my life On a background painted blue There's a silhouette of you And in your hand a wilted robe That's how this painting goes How long the artist stands there Beneath this mantle of night And he won't stop until he's done Painting me Oh, the painter paints my life He chooses colors that he likes And on a canvas taking form He paints a life I do not want And he strokes my sky with gray A violet haze atop the sea And in your eyes of clouded fear He paints an image of me How long the artist stands there Beneath this mantle of night And he won't stop until he's done Painting me On a cold and lonely night, when the stars bring down their light, a painter works his brush away on the canvas of my life. Swirling forms and clear to me, flaming sails of ships at sea. Blazing stars that fill the sky That's what the painter paints of me
0: The Painter, the title cut from a brand new recording from Michael Jonathan, who is our guest today. Uh, We all know Michael from his work with Michael Jonathan's Wood Songs, Old Time Radio Hour, and uh, a a wonderful series of books and recordings that he's made over the year. How how many albums have you made? since? It seems like every couple of weeks I'm getting a new album
1: (laughs) from Michael Jonathan. Well, see, we put out Legacy last year. This year we put out The Painter. Uh Folks that just heard you play The Painter may notice that it sounds a lot the way it's played, like Vincent... Starry, Starry Night by Don McLean, which right. was done on purpose because I wanted a bookend to the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the painter is a derivative of Don McLean's song. And then I end the album with that song because it is a tribute to, to Vincent van Gogh, but all total. Let's see. I've done 17 studio albums. We, mm-hmm. uh, last year, we also put out songs of rural America, which was done with the, o- the Ohio Valley Symphony Orchestra. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you ask. <laughs> <laughs> People say yes sometimes and you can get to do things. And I have to bring up, when you're talking about golden rings before you played the painter, you're right. The, the, the golden ring has changed. It's not the corporate record label money thing. Uh, Folk Music Notebook book is an example of one of the golden rings. There are anything connected to America's front porch which Folk Music Notebook is, uh, anything connected to America's front porch, that spirit, that music, that community, that home, that, that family, that, that, that gathering type, type music, those are the new golden rings. If you can connect to something like that, then you're able to expand your audience. And the oh, audience gosh. will do what the audience has always done, whether there's record stores or not, They're going to buy your stuff because love is the greatest transaction of the arts. And that is the new business model. Love.
0: That's that's well put. And, you know, I think audiences are looking to discover, you know, when I started the channel, a lot of people were saying, well, you need to play more commercial music. Uh, more songs that people are going to recognize and more artists, you know, forget all these unknowns. And I, I said, that's exactly the opposite of what I want to do. I, I do want to show connections, but I want to show what this community is, what the current folk community is creating, because that's what folk music is at its hard. There was people always making songs that reflected their communities, their lives. And uh, I think you know your idea of, of the front porch uh, is exactly that. Uh, you know, people getting together on their front porch making music, and it doesn't matter if it's heard by millions of people at a <laughs> giant stadiums or whatever. Right. It's the fact that you're creating something, and that I think is what what Van Gogh was doing. I, he obviously was trying to to well, maybe obviously is the wrong word, but I, I think he was trying to sell his paintings, and I'm sure there was some frustration about that. But he had an inner need to express himself, and I think that is really what the heart of all artists should be.
1: Well, that comes down to the love factor, which is supposed to drive everything in the arts. I have a song on the the album called The Statement, which is about that love quotient that is supposed to drive our arts. If Vincent did not love painting, we would not have the Starry Night and irises and, and all this beautiful work that he did that was completely rejected. When he died, one of the things that drove Theo, his brother crazy was that Vincent refused to lower the price. He knew they would not sell, but he would not allow Theo to discount the price of his paintings. He would Mm -hmm. rather them not sell than disrespect his love for what he was doing. And people hated his work. They hated it. They couldn't, they didn't even want it as gifts. You know, um, it, was, it was, you know, one of his doctors, he, he made a, a painting of his daughter, of the doctor's daughter, and the doctor hated the painting. So Vincent painted a landscape over his own daughter oh. because, because his work was so unappreciated. And a lot of artists feel that way. They can't get sometimes even their own family to support what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And my word to them is, be of good cheer. You are now in the company of Vincent Van Gogh. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I think, I'm okay. sorry,
1: that, that's just the whole theme of what that project was.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's a, obviously the theme of the book as well. I mean, it's a, a compendium of, of of the work that you've been doing, but I think you really illustrate. No pun intended. <laughs> the uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> the the creative process that that's, uh, that, that goes on here. Uh, how did you decide to write the book? I mean, I know you had a, had an interest in in uh, Van Gogh, and I, I've I've watched uh, on your Facebook page when you were you were explaining some of the paintings and things. I never really looked as closely until I heard you mention it, like for the brush strokes that uh, Van Gogh used uh, so amazingly in his, in his paintings. Um, But when, when you decided, okay, let's create a book about this, how did you form what it should be?
1: You know, uh, when the pandemic hit, I had 12 concert performances with symphony orchestras around the country because we were still in the songs of rural America mode. And as the pandemic hit, we released the next album called Legacy, which was about the march of of musical artists. So my my head was already in that mode. And the pandemic hit, and we thought, well, this is going to last at least two months. (laughs) So I decided to start oil painting. And I was shocked that so many paintings sold so fast, That it financed the recording of an album, which I thought, hey, if paintings are financing the album, why not do an album about the inspiration of my favorite painter, Vincent van Gogh? So uh, when that happened and we recorded the album, I was like, well, what should the next step be? And I thought, you know, a movie about Vincent coming back in modern days to see this 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 discarded work of his so revered and valued now globally how would he feel really how would he really feel and so i just optioned the caney creek motion picture so i said well let me see if i can write another movie script about this so i used the recording of the album the painter to inspire the painter movie script and when i was done with that i got bored <laughs> Well, let me go ahead and just write a book about it because I Wood Songs 5 is due. Wood Songs 4 sold enough for there to be a Wood Songs 5. So let me just do that because it's not like I'm going anywhere.
0: <laughs> Good use of time. And, and, yeah, it,
1: it took about a month and a half, but I got it done.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we should mention if our uh, audience wants to, to find out more about your book and, and, and you, where where can they go? Is there a website that you have?
1: Sure, if they can spell my name right, it's Uh michaeljonathan.com. If you can't spell it right, just Google it. They'll get you there. (laughs) Or they can go to woodsongs.com. They can connect with me through the WoodSongs website, which is a lot easier to spell. Or they can connect with me through Folk Music Notebook.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um,
1: um,
0: I want to play play another song from the CD. Now, the, the theme that you have, I mean, the album is called The Painter. Um, and you do have, as we heard, the song "The Painter," uh, and you also do "Starry, Starry Night," which I think we'll save to to the end of our little visit today. But um, you, you have a, a number of wonderful original songs. But there's also you do "Cats in the Cradle," yeah. and at first I looked at it, I said, "That's why? How does that fit in there?" But after listening to the album in its entirety, it kind of made sense. But what what was it about that song that grabbed you?
1: Well, uh, isn't the greatest piece of art that we have our family and our children Mm. isn't the spirit of America's front porch our family and I thought to me the story behind what made Cats in the Cradle possible was as powerful as the song itself and I knew I was going to put it in the book but Cats in the Cradle was written by Harry's wife Sandy not Harry not Harry Chapin And she wrote it to her first husband, who was a jerk. And he was ignoring his kids. So she wrote this poem to him that he ignored. They got divorced. She married Harry, who was accelerating his music career. So he wasn't home that much. So she pulled out the poem she wrote to her first husband and gave it to Harry and said, here, here's, you should need to read this. And Harry looked at it. He was not impressed. And he didn't think it applied to him. So he put it down for about a year and a half, and his, his music career kept accelerating. He got a record deal. He was gone home a lot, and Sandy noticed this again. So she pulled it out one more time and gave it to Harry, but this time it hit him in the heart. And so he changed the poetry, and he put it to a song. The song went on an album, became his biggest hit. And he was gone all the time after that, <laughs> much to Sandy's chagrin. The poem she used to keep him home made him on the road all the time. <laughs> and then, of course, we lost Harry unexpectedly. So I thought, I thought that, that story belonged on the painter because our greatest art is our children and our family.
3: I'd arrived just the other day, he came in the world in the usual way, and there were planes to catch and bills to pay, he learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it, and as he grew, he said, I want to be like you, Dad, you know I want My boy turned ten just the other day He said, thanks for the ball, Dad, come on, let's play Teach me to throw, I said, not today, I got a lot to do He said, that's okay, and he turned and walked away And his smile never dimmed, he said, I want to be like him You know I want to be like him, yeah And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when We'll get together then, son You know we'll have a good time then And he came from college the other day so much like a man, I just had to say Son, I'm proud of you, can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys I'll see you later, can I have please? And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when We'll get together then, son You know we'll have a good time then I've long since retired and my son's moved away I called him up just the other day I said, I'd like to see you, if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, but I don't have the time. The new job's a hassle and the kids got the flu, but it was sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's always nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, my boy was just like me. My boy was just like me. Little boy blue and the man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when We'll get together then And you know we'll have a good time
0: And that was cats in the cradle performed by our guest today michael jonathan on his wonderful new album the painter and uh, michael is with us today he's the host of wood songs old time radio hour he has a new book out uh, wood songs five the uh, fireplace compendium and van gogh reader um, one of the busiest men in the world, I think, right now during a pandemic, especially, right. um, Mike. We talked about wood songs, uh, the, the wonderful live show. That, uh, of course, like everything, has been kind of on hold. But I understand you're going to be coming back in front of live audiences very soon.
1: You know, uh, this uh, this uh, variant is is always concerning, and I hope sure. everybody uh, looks closely at. Uh, their feelings about whether to be vaccinated or not. Uh, I'm certainly not going to tell anybody what to do, but I, I decided to get the, uh, the Pfizer vaccines. And it seems the science is in favor of protecting yourself uh, with the vaccines. Um, so hopefully if uh, the audience stays healthy enough and the community stays healthy enough, we'll be back in production August 16th with Rhonda Vincent and the Rage. And we already have uh, um, uh, Bobby Rush, the Grammy-winning blues player coming, Arlo McKinley, who's one of the new Americana uh, singer-songwriters, a whole passel of of artists on there, with Jerry Lee Lewis's sister, who's a great Americana piano player is coming on. So uh, Wood Songs has got more affiliates now than when the pandemic started, One of our most valuable uh, affiliates is a folk music notebook. And so we're very grateful to you for being a partner with us, but it airs on over 500 terrestrial radio stations. It's on public television uh, coast to coast in about 65 million homes. It's on the the RFD television network uh, every Friday nationwide. It's on American forces radio network in 177 countries. But what I'm most proud of is that, we attach lesson plans to the shows and it's available free to schools and homeschool teachers uh, worldwide with lesson plans for middle high and college level kids. So they can use wood songs to introduce students to the value of America's front porch. You want to be introduced to the banjo? I got Bela Fleck. You want to introduce to the guitar? How about Tommy Emanuel? You want to find out who Pete Seeger is or Gene Ritchie? How about the violin? Mark O'Connor. Can't get any better than that. You know, so so we have all of these artists that participated with us for free to uh, be able to do a classroom program. And to me, that's the biggest uh, feather in the cap of wood songs.
0: Uh, that is so rewarding. Uh, I, I love also how your show, in addition to having all these wonderful artists at the uh, well, there are household names in my house at least, but you also say on the show, you don't have to be famous, you just have to be very, very good. And every
1: show every yeah, show. Uh,
0: you also bring in some young artists uh, each week. Uh, was it Wood Songs Kids, I think is, is what you call it.
1: We call them Woodsong's Kids at the at the half hour mark. Uh, there's a youngster on every show that come all over the country. They get to perform one song in the presence of seasoned touring artists, and we treat them as equals. That's the point. Uh, and most of the time, these kids, 8, 9, 10 years old, will blow the real artists off the stage. <laughs> they're so just amazing. And I'm proud to announce that on your, your network that uh, Woodsong's Kids will be a new TV series, a spinoff mm. to Woodsong's. Oh, wonderful! It'll be, it'll be exclusively for uh, children performers in the spirit of America's uh, front porch, and uh, it'll be exclusively just for kids. And so, WoodSongs Kids is is coming, which uh, that's that's an exciting thing.
0: That's very exciting. Congratulations on that. You know, I always go to the different events and meet with peers in the folk industry, quote, unquote, uh, they always say, well, how are we going to get young people involved? Well, you're doing it. let uh, the kids play, for God's sake. That's how you do it. Just invite, invite them to be part of it.
1: You know, one of the things that we do also with Wood Songs is we created a network of coffee houses. Mm-hmm. so there's wood songs coffee houses all over the country uh, a, a, a recent one is in tucson arizona doug bowers and his folks out there are doing a, a great job with their uh it's a volunteer run effort uh wood songs coffee houses and they get performers from their region and kids to perform in a coffee house type setting it's similar to what song farmers does but uh but it's more of a performance stage where song farmers are very much the song circle and the gathering of the community singing together. Woodsong's coffee houses is for the performers.
0: So very exciting. Very yeah. exciting.
1: How many tentacles well, can you create? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the way it spreads. You, you need yeah. them. Well, well, Michael, I, I've, I've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I'd like to play another song and then come back and wrap this up. But there's a song called The Statement, which I think you mentioned earlier in this. But I wonder if you could introduce it to, uh, to us, because I think it really explains a lot of what we're what we've been talking about this past hour.
1: Yeah, Sure. The Greatest Transaction of the Arts is love. It makes everything work. It makes the economy of the arts work. And what the arts and music needs more than ever is the community of artists to understand how much they need to love what they do and love the audience that they're seeking.
3: I'm searching for love in the world Looking for love in the world We need peace and love all over the world There's too much hate in the world Why is there hate in the world? Fighting and hatred all over the world Can dream and just imagine how fine it will be when there's only love in the world and there's too much war in the world why is there war in the world all this fighting and war all over the world there's so much food in the world and so much hunger in the world and all of these children die of hunger in the world We can dream and just imagine how fine it will be when there's only
0: statement a powerful song from michael jonathan's new album the painter and uh also the wonderful uh, book wood songs five is out and as we've been talking michael is uh <laughs> what a schedule i don't know how you do you ever sleep michael is that uh, do you have time uh,
1: well i'm only 18 but look what folk music has done to me <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, you've accomplished so much and so much more to do. Um, you, you've, g- you've given us some in- information about things that, are, that you're planning. Any other plans coming up for the future? I mean, you, it's been, what, two weeks since you released an album? You got a new one coming? Or? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, actually, I'm writing the next one. I am. Uh, <laughs> nice. the, the Caney Creek Motion Picture is going to go into production soon. You can go to caneycreekmovie.com if you want to find out about that. Uh, they can touch base with me. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from folks. I I read everything that comes in. Uh, michaeljonathan.com is the website. woodsongs.com for that. But the most important website they need to remember is Folk Music Notebook. What you are doing for the community of artists and the audience, you are the, the internet incarnation of the global front porch. And Folk Music Notebook should be Uh, uh, valued and treasured. And I hope if you do any fundraising uh, events that you call on me, I want to help you. I hope the audience uh, does the same. And uh, remember that, that the gatekeepers between artists and the audience are things like Folk Music Notebook. And without you, without public radio and these little volunteer one and two hour a week shows, that will pick up a new artist and give them a chance. The uh, the music of America's front porch will have a very hard time finding its audience. So all praise to Folk Music Notebook.
0: Well, thank you. That was so kind of you. I, I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we're being broadcast on both WFDU and Folk Music Notebook. And, you know, I've seen the community we built uh, for 40 years on WFDU and now through Folk Music Notebook. So, seeing the work that you're doing too. I feel good about the future for all of us. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I want to end with Starry, Starry Night, which is the the bookend uh, of, of your album, The Painter. And uh, it seems like Don McLean all, has been a big influence on you as well. I know the song Legacy, I can hear echoes of uh, uh, American Pie and that, and uh, and all the work that you've been doing. Is, is it true that he's... Uh, been an influence on you?
1: You know, maybe uh by by birthright cuz I grew up in the same county he lived in. Uh-huh. Heath uh, Seeger was my neighbor in Beacon on the same side of the mountain along 9D and the Hudson River. So I have the same <laughs> uh, uh New Yorkness tone that light tenor tone. And, you know, Pete was guitar and banjo and Don is guitar and banjo and I'm guitar and banjo. So the similarities will certain. I I get it. I get it. But uh, you can't change your DNA. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this when doing an album in tribute to Vincent Van Gogh, you cannot ignore
0: Don's song because it's so beautifully written. It's a great way for us to end our little visit today. Michael, thanks for being here. And I hope we can talk again real soon, maybe when the the next project comes out. So uh, don't be a stranger.
1: Ron, thank you. Thank Folk Media's Notebook. Thank you, WFDU. Wonderful uh, public radio station. I hope everybody supports it.
0: Thanks, Michael. We'll talk again soon.
1: All right.
3: Starry, starry night. Paint your palette blue and gray. Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hill Sketch the trees and daffodil Catch the breeze and winter chill In colors on the snowy linen land And now I understand Flaming flowers brightly blaze Swirling clouds and violet haze in Vincent's eyes of china blue Colors changing hue Morning fields of amber grain Weathered faces lined in pain Are soothed beneath this artist's loving hand And still your love was true And when no hope was left in sight On that starry, starry night You took your life as lovers often do Oh, but I could have told you, Vincent This world was never meant for one as beautiful as you Starry, starry night Portraits hung in empty halls Frameless heads on nameless walls With eyes that watch the world and can't forget Strangers that you've met All the ragged men in ragged clothes The silver thorns of bloody roads Like crushed and broken On the virgin snow Now I think I know What you tried to say to me How you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free But would not listen there Not listening still Perhaps They never win.